The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Make the most of your life. When you remove the blocks that are holding you back, you can bring inspiration, passion, and purpose to yourself and those around you. This is the Hoffman Connection with your hosts, Raz Ingrassi and Ed McLoon. Our hosts and their guests will give you the tools that you need to improve yourself by bringing you closer to what really matters. Now, here's your host. And welcome to the Hoffman Connection. I'm Ed McLoon. Raz Ingrassi uh, is not with us this afternoon. He is... In Brazil, uh, with a conference of the international Hoffman teachers. So, um, I am Ed McClune, a therapist here in the Bay Area. I've been teaching the process a long time. And at the Hoffman Institute Foundation, we're celebrating 46 years as a leading personal development program, helping people who are serious about change. 16 sites across 11 countries and over 80,000 people worldwide have taken our courses. Um, and here in the United States, we put the Hoffman, uh, Hoffman process on about 30 times a year between our site in Northern California and on the East Coast as well. Well, over the course of teaching the process something like 20 years, I've formed a community that's not just a professional community. We share friendship and respect, a lot of fun, and the joy of having a similar mission in our professional life to help people heal. And as you could imagine, over the course of that time, some very deep, trusting relationships have occurred. And so I'm delighted to welcome friends who are also longtime colleagues and teachers of the process, Davey Cavett and Andy Milberg. Davey is the vice president and the director of our faculty, and Andy has been teaching uh, just about as long as I am and also um, works in the Hoffman office as someone who helps support people finding out more about the process and then also supporting them in enrolling and um, getting everything they need to start our course. Wonderful to have you both here on the All Hoffman Show. It's our first time doing it. Andy, Davey, welcome. Thanks, Ed. It's great to be here. It's nice to have you here. So we wanted to have the show to um, have an inside perspective of what goes on with us as teachers, but also for people to learn more about the process itself. So, Davey, why don't I just start with you? I'm asking you both, really, but we'll start with you to share your story about what brought you to Hoffman as a student um, a few years ago. Or many years ago, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was uh, more than a few years ago at this point. I, I did the process about uh, 15, 16 years ago. And at the time, as a young woman, um, dealing with a lot of anxiety, perfectionism, you know, living a life thinking, always somehow thinking there was something wrong with me. And I went to the process to try to find some deeper sense of joy, some deeper sense of relaxation in my life. 
I didn't know that I was going to really learn to love myself. And that's really, I think, what the strongest thing that came out of the process for me was somehow learning that that is what had been missing all of these years in my life. And I, I always knew how to be strong. When I was growing up, um, I guess the strongest message from my childhood is that women are strong. I grew up with a single mom who passed that on to me. And um, in the process, I think maybe one of the most important moments for me in the whole process, and actually, Ed, you were there for this moment. I remember you. <laughs> You've been teaching <laughs> quite a bit longer than me. Um, was the moment when I finally cried for the loss of my dad. Mm. Yeah, after all these years of thinking, hey, I'm fine, I'm strong, and you know, this is how women are, and uh, finally realizing how much I actually needed that, that person in my life. And I think that that moment really changed the course of my life, kind of the depth of tears and heartbreak and but healing that I could begin to feel happening in that very moment as that was happening, it taught me, ironically, a new type of strength. Well, was, yeah. And, so, you know, I, I really fell in love with the process. That's, that's what I want to say. I fell in love with the beauty, the flow, the completeness of what it is. And, you know, I, I just, I finished with a sense of real readiness to live my life as a woman. And Andy, you want to jump in with some of your experience of your process? Yes. Well, my, my experience going was a little different. My partner did it first, and I knew she needed it. <laughs> but I was in uh, a lot of, let's call it, denial about what was really going on. And when she came back from the process, I tested her for a few weeks. And she didn't react in the old ways. So I knew there was something valuable here for me. And even though I had no idea what I was getting myself into, I went. And what I discovered was about how much of that denial was related to a role I was playing all my life, about who I thought I was, who I was supposed to be, who others wanted to be, wanted me to be. So uh, it was pretty sobering for me. And like Davy, I, I fell in love with the process. Uh, I had been teaching something else before the process, and it was good, but this was really different from what I was teaching and from all the other workshops I had taken. It was so much more comprehensive by dealing on all four levels, intellectual, emotional, physical, and spiritual. It wasn't just sitting there uh, talking and listening to other people. It was really a series of experiences that I could feel the change happening during the week, and I didn't know how it was going to affect my life in the future, but I know that, that nothing, it wasn't going to be, the, my life was not going to be the same afterwards. Yeah, and for me, I think, um, I, I loved a, the experience of, I was working really hard to try to play a role that was installed in me, so to speak, as a kid, and the freedom I felt of just being the me I'd always hoped I was underneath the performance of a role that was a lot of work um, to sustain. And so for me, one of the greatest gifts of the process was just knowing the me that is really good at some stuff and um, completely you know, lame at others and mediocre in, in most um, was just fine. 
And I think that was maybe one of the greatest gifts of sort of the freedom and the ease of not having to work so hard to fit a role of some kind and be impressive, but just drop my shoulders and let myself be me. So you both had this experience. The three of us did. We want to learn, you know, or share with our audience some of our journey from the process as a student into being a teacher. Um, Andy, you want to talk a little bit about how you made that jump for yourself? Well, like I said, what I, what I was teaching was good, but after the process, it was like this was something that I knew I wanted to do. Like I had known, you know, I, I had very little experiences before that of knowing what I wanted to do in terms of a, a mission, a calling, and there was no question that whatever it took for me to become a teacher, I was going to do it. And so about five months after my process, I applied, and at the time there was a training program available, and the training was rigorous, but at the same time, it was joyful, and it was I felt totally aligned with my essence in, in pursuing this path that it was not about my personality so much as what I was here to do and to contribute uh, for myself first and then to extend to others in my life and to the students. And that I had, fortunately, and, and I feel very humbly, had that gift to be able to uh, share that and help guide others through the steps of the process. Right. And bring a whole lot of humor to it over the years, too, Andy. Well... A little bit, yes. A little bit. <laughs> and Davy, um, what was your path like? From <laughs> so interesting, yeah, to hear Andy talk about it. I think so many of us could say a similar story. Yeah, I went through the process, and as I was saying, I just I fell in love with kind of the completeness of it and what it did for me. And I think so many of the results for me happened after the process, in the months after the process, as I found myself just moving through my life in in such a way free of drama free of um all of this negative self talk and i just slowly started to say hey i i think i want to i want to learn how to do this i want to teach this to other people and so for me too it was about 5 months after i did the process and i applied for the teacher training program got in and things just kind of took off from there i, I always thought that being a teacher kind of made the most of the of the two, my two, the two things I was doing before I went into this, and that was uh, as a family counselor and um, performing in improvisational theater. I thought that uh, being a teacher kind of <laughs> brought both of those out in a very nice way. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? That you know, you and I both have um, history in, in in showbiz to that degree a little bit, anyway, and and um, it incorporates. All of those things, and regardless of where each of the 20 or so teachers who are now teaching here in the U.S., we all had as part of our previous life either an actual path of contribution or desire to to give back. And, you know, they talk about a profession versus a vocation, and I, I could easily say that, you know, each one of us could be doing a variety of things successfully, but... Um, Doing what we're doing, teaching the process so powerfully um, is really a gift. And, and also, you know, it, the process is a gift to us because it's, it's such a, a match for our personality and our personal desire to, to make a difference in the world. Yeah. So um, we're going to 
move to a break pretty quick here. Um, before we go to break, though, I want to just let people know that if they'd like to learn more about the Hoffman process um, this afternoon at 5 o'clock Pacific time and every Tuesday afternoon at that time, you can go onto our website to find information about a free confidential introductory call that um, you'll have a chance to, as I said, confidentially speak to people from our office. I'll be on the call uh, after the show this afternoon at 5, uh, and Liza Ingrassi, um our chief executive officer, will be there as well to learn more about the process. And you can get the information about that call, which again happens every Tuesday afternoon at 5 Pacific time by going to our website and get the call-in information in that. We're talking all about Hoffman this hour, and we'll be right back in just a couple of minutes with my guest, Debbie Cabot-Razzo and Andy Milberg in just a minute here on the Hoffman Connection. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McLoon, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. And welcome back to the Hoffman Connection. I'm Ed McLoon, and with guests Hoffman teacher, Davy Razo, Davy Cabot Razo, and Andy Milberg, and Andy. So we've we've seen a lot of uh, wonderful, miraculous changes and effects of the Hoffman process. Uh, share something with uh, with our audience here. Wow. Well, uh, over the years, I mean, I've seen amazing things. And what I want to say, in, by way of introduction, is that you know the students come to us from a variety of backgrounds. And some of them have come from extremely difficult childhoods. Others haven't. Some come in with a variety of life circumstances. 
some challenging, others maybe not so bad, but knowing that there's more available. And wherever they start from, what's amazing to me as a teacher is to watch how they learn and grow and change within a week. Uh, I'm thinking of one particular person who came in really depressed, resigned, lost. And, you know, like the first few days, I couldn't even see her face because her hair was, she was sitting there with her hair covering her face, was really scared to come out. And by the end of the week, here was this amazing young woman who had found a new ground of being, you know, her own inner source of strength, confidence, and direction. And I continuously marvel at the resilience of the human spirit. And I'm humbled and awed each week that I teach. Uh, there's got hundreds of examples of this throughout the years I've been teaching. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> there, so we could, Andy and I, and you too, Ed, could go on and on and on about this one. We um, have the great privilege of people coming to us and opening up and trusting us with their histories, with you know where they're hurt, where their heart feels broken, where they're angry, and walking with us through quite an amazing journey. And I'll just share with you a couple of uh, memories I have. A few years back, uh, I had the privilege of going through the process with an 82-year-old man who, uh, that week, I, I think we had a range of students in that process. Maybe the youngest was about 20. The oldest was 82. And at the end of the week, he told me he finally felt like he grew up and that he could live the rest of his life as an adult. And he said this with such a sparkle and joy in his eyes. I, it was one of the most moving moments of my life. He let go of his guilt. He let go of the, the suffering that he'd been carrying all of his life. And, and actually, he didn't live too much longer after the process. Another beautiful part of the story, he found peace with every member of his family and uh, was so grateful for having done this. To me, this just speaks to it really doesn't matter how old you are when you go through a process like this. In fact, let me tell you, his energy... You know, we do a lot of very expressive work in the process. His energy put the 20-year-olds to shame in the process. And, <laughs> and, and it also speaks to one of, the, one of the beautiful things about the process. One of the things I'm proud of and really actually helped me feel good about becoming a teacher is that it's not a recipe yeah. that we say this is how a life should be led, given all the diversity of the people who come. It's just they find their own way to the life that they want to lead, and on top of that, have, you know, leave the process with experiences that translate into life and a whole bunch of tools and practices that, that then help them continue to reshape their life. Yeah, you know? I think that's where the real change happens, isn't it? It's, I mean, we have the privilege of talking to students years after they've done the process. And while it's a beautiful thing to be in this eight days with our students, to me, the most moving stories come a year after the process, 10 years after the process. I saw a woman last week who I did not recognize. She went through the process um, dealing with, she was significantly overweight, quite obese. And uh, during the process, she realized she'd been eating her whole life out of covering up her feelings of loss and uncovered this in the process. And at the end of the week, she told us, you are not going to recognize me in a year. I'm going to look like my real self. 
and you better believe she did. I did not recognize this woman. She had lost all hundred of these pounds and told me, I feel like myself. This is me. This is who I am. And, you know, these changes came after the process through what she experienced and felt that week. And that's really the gift that we get from doing this work is to be reminded over and over again. These are not exceptional people, but people are exceptional that, you know, in we all have the hearts of someone who just is ready to live and to love. If only we could get some of our own stumbling blocks out of the way and, and really get how courageous we all are. And one thing, one of the major stumbling blocks, blocks that I've experienced people having is are the things they hold, they keep themselves on the hook for. They don't forgive themselves for. I had one student who had done some things in his life that I didn't think were that particularly awful, but he just had this self-hatred and self-loathing. And, you know, I would talk to him about it. And the, 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 one, the sentence he said, which has always stuck with me, is, don't you realize who I've been? And he was holding on to that. And through the work of the process, he was able to let it go and experience who he was in the moment, to understand what had led him to do what he had done and been the way he was, to find compassion for himself, to forgive himself, and to love himself. And by the end of the week, the, the, his persona was totally shifted, and he could stand proud and tall and claim his own ground of being. It was quite remarkable. And that, that kind of actual in-the-body experience changes everything. Sometimes it changes your whole family. <laughs> exactly. We've seen a lot of this, that, you know, this, this man that Andy's talking about, we could tell so many stories about someone who ends the process in this way, he goes home to his family, and we hear these stories. The women say, my husband got out of the car, I saw the door opening, and I couldn't believe what I saw. He was so present, so strong, so alive. I wanted to go do whatever he had just done. We see the process spread like this in families. It's quite a treat as teachers to yeah, see. I talked to, uh, to someone, uh, a woman whose husband had done the process uh, recently, and I said, well, why are you coming? She said, well, my husband came home, and he was the man I had fallen in love with again. <laughs> and I want that. You know, I, w- I want whatever he got, I want. Yeah. So, Andy, let's talk about that. You you take a lot of calls from people who call in to find out more about the process and, and are looking for support in uh, finding a date for them to take it. What do you say to someone who's just not sure whether this is right for them? Okay, well, the first thing I, I want people to know is that our intention is not to convince anyone to do this work. It's a work that you really have to be committed to your own change and to be willing to... Uh, to do it yourself. Nobody can do this work for you. So my, what I am trying to do is to just give people the information they need to make a healthy choice for themselves. But in answer to your question directly, I would say, you know, are you ready to change your life? Are you ready to deeply love and trust yourself? Are you ready to experience yourself in a different way and have new resources to deal with the current and future circumstances in your life? I mean, there's no, there's no one thing I'd say to people, but we really want to meet people where they are, answer their questions, and help them make a decision. Mm. 
And if it's something they want to do, then really support them and help them prepare to do the deepest, most powerful work that they that is possible for them that, during the week of the work process. Okay. Now, one of the distinctions that, that I like to make about the process is that so much personal growth, whether it's therapy or coaching or self-help books or DVDs, etc., um, relies on will and self-discipline. I notice myself not being very committed to my work. I have to use my self-discipline to uh, move through that. I find myself being overly critical with my kids, or I find myself overly shy in social situations. i got to work to use my willpower and put myself out there or bite my tongue when I'm going to say something hurtful. And um, could you either talk about how the process isn't working from that point of view or that modality. I mean, certainly willpower is an important piece of how humans have um, created and made, you know, success in a variety of different things. But what we're talking about here takes it another step. Yeah, I'm really glad it didn't take willpower, <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't come with a lot of. I'm not sure I still have that much of it. But, but you know, the beauty of the process for me was what I left without um, I found that my my mind was just clear. My heart was clear. I didn't have all the interference. And thankfully, it didn't take a lot of effort to to be in that state. Now, of course, we go, you know, up and down and around in our lives over the years. But the beautiful thing about the process to me that I learned was how to get back to that place, how to get back to that place of self-kindness and self-love and um, we hear this again from a lot of people that it's not so much at the end of the week um, what I've accomplished or what I've willed into being, it's what I've been released from and the freedom and the love that arises from my being, how I very naturally want to live my life. We hear people talk about, you know, after the process, I just didn't want to watch TV all the time anymore. I just didn't want to. Right. Now, to me, that's a gift, that those desires quite naturally arise in this kind of way out of a clear and free heart. Andy, you want to jump in with something? I was kind of just waiting for you to move there. <laughs> well, um, in, in, I was thinking about the fact that in terms of the ease, that, that life can be a lot easier when you're not being automatically compulsively run by this stuff that uh, sabotages us. And this really speaks to one of the premises of the process, which is called the negative love syndrome, which Bob Hoffman formulated in the mid-1960s, really to understand why we as adults continue to compulsively act out self-defeating thought and behavior patterns, even when they cause us anxiety and unhappiness. And what's really interesting is that recent brain research validates his findings, that we do learn these automatic patterns very young and they become our brain's operating system and mostly unconscious and what happens in the process is that you really disconnect from that compulsive automatic behavior moods attitudes uh, ways of being and have much more freedom choice and ease so when situations come up that you would have just reacted to and really kind of lost yourself in those moments when you lose yourself, 
you have so much more awareness and tools to get back to center and then to respond to situations differently. And this could be situations at work. It can be situations with uh, your loved ones, your, your partner, your, your children, and other family members, and your friends. I mean, it, it just spreads throughout your own community. So when you go back into your world, you can be more at ease, more yourself, and more connected. And it's uh, really a beautiful thing. Like Davey says, it doesn't, it's not about willpower. Like you, both of you said, it's not about willpower. It's about being grounded in who you are. That's Andy Milberg. I'm Ed McClune. We also have on the line Davey, Davey Cavett-Razzo. We're all teachers of the Hoffman process, and we all feel really um, grateful and, and blessed, if I could use that word, to have uh, this be part of our life's work. We're going to come back uh, in just a couple of minutes and talk more about our personal experience and to talk more also about what this work is, the Hoffman Quadrinity process. We'll be back with all that and hopefully much more here on the Hoffman Connection. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at HoffmanInstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change, visit HoffmanInstitute.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. And welcome back to The Hoffman Connection. I'm Ed McClune with two other friends, colleagues, Hoffman teachers, uh, Andy Milberg and Davy Cavett Razzo and Davy, let's let's just double back to uh, inform our listeners a little bit about some of the groundwork of the Hoffman process. Um, it's 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 based on a couple of most important concepts, and, and one is the negative love syndrome. You want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, sure. Yeah. So um, the negative love syndrome is it's it's quite simple, actually. What we look at is. Um, what happens to us as children in in these moments when we're not 
connected to our parents in these moments when we need love or need warmth or need connection and it's not available to us. And, of course, we are reaching out for it. And in not finding it, we start adapting ourselves to how we think we should be to get the love that we need. For instance, say in one family, there's uh, everyone's nice, right? We have a lot of niceness going on in the family. And if I'm not getting my needs met, I start adapting myself to that and go, okay, if I need, if I want to get what I want, I have to be nice. I have to smile. I have to be a good girl. I have to be a good boy. So it's basically the way that we start modeling ourselves unconsciously after our environment, after our parents to get the love that we need. It's an unconscious abandonment of our authentic self. We start taking on these other ways of being, and in that, we might fit into our family, and yet there's a deep self-abandonment that's happened in that. And I think Andy probably has quite a bit he'd like to add to that. Yeah, and, and the major problem with this is that we grew up identifying with these ways of being and creating a false sense of self. It's not who we really are. And what the Hoffman process does is enables you to first identify specific patterns you've learned that persist in creating stress and depression and then disconnect from them physically, emotionally, and intellectually. And what this does is create space for you to reconnect with your essence, with the wisdom inside you, and allows you to make the freedom to make healthier choices in all areas of your life. And the thing that's, one thing that's really interesting about this and should be pointed out is that it's part of the human condition. It's not that our, that our parents intentionally wanted to mess us up. It's just that there are, are moments when they're, for instance, distracted or tired where we feel that loss of connection as a, an infant, small child. It's really primal that our, our survival is threatened. And something's wrong and we feel abandoned and disconnected and we conclude that something's wrong with us. So I think it's so important what you say, Andy, about that it's it's not about having bad parents. It's not about our parents. There being something wrong with them. It really is about the human condition. Um, you know, a lot of people come to us who say, hey, I wasn't hurt as a child. I wasn't abused. I didn't have a horrible childhood. My parents really loved me. You know, why am I suffering so much? What we do is to help people see how they've adopted their parents' ways of being. For instance, if you have a mom or a dad who loves you very, very much, and yet they don't love themselves, what we end up modeling is that lack of self-love. We end up modeling self-criticism, self-hatred, all of these things that our parents were doing And it can be very confusing as an adult to go through my life going, wow, I had everything I needed when I was a child. I should be happy. And yet, I'm not. Inside, I have the same sense of emptiness or the same sense of self-criticism that either of my parents had. Right. And then we often use awareness as a way of hurting ourselves. I should stop being so critical. I should stop being so shy or depressed or what's wrong with me that I'm this way. And so, you know, the bottom line is that in seeing this as almost a, a, a byproduct of the environment of the, you know, sometimes I like to use the word the ecosystem of our childhood home. It's not so much about there's something wrong with me or no. I'm bad yeah. that I keep doing this. It's just 
something that actually on some level was very adaptive and on a lot of ways is actually productive. I mean, I make the, uh, the sort of silly joke, if you have somebody who has patterns of you know, being terrified of making a mistake, that person might be a really good accountant. You know, you, you want to hire that person, but yet it's helped me develop a particular skill. But if I can't turn it off, if that pattern of being terrified of making a mistake, no matter what I do, is also being a parent or in my love life or making spaghetti for dinner, you know, it's just, it, it's, um, you know, well, crippling me. Yeah, and we like to extract from that the, the positive qualities that you're speaking of. Exactly. So, you know, a person gets to move forward having that sense of precision, having that sense of, you know, being very good with details, and yet they get to leave behind that kind of terror that's been with them since they were a child. And isn't that beautiful to see this people come into this state of claiming the, the real gifts that they've been given from their childhood and letting go of the things that are really hurting them? Yeah, we say it's about making a choice, not having the pattern run you, so I can be of choice some of the time and get into being very meticulous, but other times just let things fall where they may and the, and the freedom from that. And as you say, some of, the, some of these patterns are skills that help us in certain areas of our life, but being a perfectionist as an accountant may be really good, but it doesn't really work too well in, in relationship when you expect your partner to be perfect. Right. And then there's another sort of a way that a lot of these patterns show up or the way we hurt ourselves is the sort of when I, then I'll process. When I have the right job, when I have a, a partner, uh, when I'm making the right money, when et cetera, et cetera, then I'll be good. I'll be worthwhile. And, you know, I think anyone listening to this knows that that doesn't quite pan out. And actually a lot of research says that's, sort of the basis of depression is investing in something which can't actually deliver what you're hoping it will, which is self-love. I mean, money gives me or success in my career gives me esteem or it gives me options, but it doesn't necessarily help me um, love myself. And I think that's one of the biggest changes from the process is that the circumstances of life may not be different but I'm different within them. So it's no longer one I then I'll, but rather I'm already beautiful, loving, kind. Where do I want to bring my greatness rather than what do I have to do to establish I'm acceptable? Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Ed. It's it's a, a beautiful thing that people often see in the process that if I'm unhappy with what I have today, I'm not going to be happy if I ever get it either. <laughs> so it's really that core kind of unhappiness that we're helping people to look at and, and of course, in ourselves have looked at as well. So it's, um, you know, being a teacher is there's so much of, so much self-reflection that's required to even take on that line of work. So, And so much self-trust. I think that's another thing that I got out of the process uh, that I never trusted myself before the process in the way that I've learned to and continue to evolve myself in, in trusting that uh, I'm enough and I can deal with life circumstances. I mean, one of the expressions I like to use, life is a dynamic mystery. You know, I'm not going to control everything. I, I, I can't control everything that's going to happen to me, but I do have a, m many more resources internally and externally to deal with them. 
and to trust myself to make better decisions than I did before the process, for instance. And as a teacher, we need to make decisions all during the week, and we, you know, we don't, it, it, there's no formula for what actually happens during the week, so we're, we have to be present and responsive to life. And I think that's a gift of the process, is to be present and responsive to life. So, Andy, why don't you let me let me pick up from there about the role of the teacher in the process? You know, um, sometimes people can um, come in with all sorts of expectations of a different kind of teaching in a course like this. Um, you want to say a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, it may sound strange to say that we don't. I don't know that we teach the students anything, but we teach them how to go through the steps of the process, and it's the process itself that's the teacher. Uh, there are times when a student needs support where I feel that all of us are trained so rigorously to respond to what's needed in the moment that uh, we're actually helping the student take the next step because we know and trust that if, the, if a student keeps taking the next step, they will move. They will move forward. Things will shift. But as a teacher, I don't, you know, I don't consider myself capital T teacher from any kind of, uh, I'm necessarily the one doing it. But I, even, even while I acknowledge my skills at doing it, it's not about me. It's about an interaction with me, the students, and the process itself. There's a tremendous power in, uh, in also in the support of the group, that there's a group of people who are committed to changing their lives and showing up in the most honest, vulnerable, and powerful way. It's quite inspiring and quite, uh, quite humbling to be present to that. Yes, the process is, uh, you know, some of us over the time have heard uh, it described as a hero's journey. And when we as teachers get to be in the presence of, you know, eight students in our small group, 24 to 40 students in the large group all being on their heroic journey it is really quite a gift and an honor to be part of um we're with davy cavett razo and andy milberg both teachers of the process i'm ed McClune, and we've got one more segment and we'll be right back here on the hoffman connection Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? 
The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. Oh, my goodness. Here we are, the last segment of the show. I am a teacher, Ed McClune, a teacher of the Hoffman Process, with two really dear friends, Davey Cavett-Razzo and Andy Milberg, who are both uh, longtime teachers of the Hoffman Process. And, you know, we, we couldn't be doing this work without our own commitment to learning about ourselves, being able to work you know, with our own obstacles, our own surprises. And so, Andy, you know, during the course of doing all this work, have there been anything, any learnings? I mean, obviously this is like you could talk for hours about this, but uh, something that was important to you in your learning, maybe even over the last couple of years um, since you've come back to the Institute? Well, say that question comes as a surprise. But what I'd say is that an outcome of the process that, that was totally unexpected for me has to do with spirituality. Uh, it had always been just a concept to me. I'd heard about it. I, I knew other people experienced it. But in the process and since then, I've experienced a deeper connection with my own personal spirituality. And this is not in a religious or New Age, woo kind of way. Uh, it's more... The way being able to come from a space of love and compassion for myself and for others in my life as a, a, as the ground of being that I come from. And, uh, it really surprised me also that, that I feel a connection to spirit. I don't know how to define that. I don't know exactly what that means. But I have had experiences since the process and felt a support for being alive and for being in the world and a connection that I never felt before the process. I don't know what else I can say to make that clear, but uh, it was definitely a, a, definitely a surprise. That there, was some, there was more to me than just my, my program personality, the old self-image I came into the process with. Thanks, Andy. Davey, what about you? Is there any way that something you could open up and share with us about your life's journey and how some some discovery you've made through um, this vocation of being a teacher and your experience in the process? Oh, so many things have surprised me over the years, Ed. Um, I think that what surprises me is how much there is to learn and how much 
growing and changing there is to do as a human being and how capable we all are of doing that. Somehow that just continues to open my heart and surprise me. Seeing other people come into the process, and I think we've used the word resilience, but the, the resilience of the human heart and what people are willing to forgive and how they're willing to grow just continues to surprise me. And, and you know, my own, certainly my own life journey. I, I did the process when I was 30 years old. And over these last many years, all of the different phases I've gone through in my life, um, marriage and uh, step-parenting and, uh, um, you know, all of the different things that have happened that I could go on and on about, they bring a new opportunity for growth, each and every one of them. And I think what I've learned in the process and what I've learned through teaching is how capable I am of meeting that moment and continuing to live, to fully live each moment, whether it's living through a loss, whether it's living through a, a, a great high in my life, whether it's living through a day that's, that's quite dull. It, it's really about bringing my full self to each of those moments and bringing full aliveness to that as a teacher yeah. and as a human being. Right. You know, I, I, I've often experienced how different developmental stages in life, whether when my um, kids became teenagers or when they fledged, that as we grow older, new circumstances naturally come along and somehow the process has given me a kind of grounding. And I, I don't mean to sound too trite or comedic, but, you know, like those big blow-up punching clown things that, some of us had as kids that, you know, that was some. Those are dolls. I guess <laughs> I you had, had one too. I had, I had one too. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> that somehow, yes, things knock me off. And sometimes, you know, unlike that balloon thing, sometimes they knock me down and I stay down, you know, longer than 30 seconds, you know, sometimes. Um, and, and actually, they're meant to. Um, affect us for a while. There's powerful things that come up in life, but I know that that gravity of the process, of, of actually who I found in the process, yeah. me, can stand right back up and not necessarily be happy with certain circumstances or even know what to do with them, but I can stand right back up and face them. And yeah, I th that's, that's exactly right. And Sorry. It really, it's definitely <laughs> to the idea that, you know, you don't come out of the process perfect and then live happily ever after. No, uh, you come out of the process ready to live and meet life as it right. comes to you, which uh, is a much better deal as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> right. And my self-esteem is no longer on the line. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not perfect yet, uh, but I can always forgive myself and come back to center when I forget and just have, just have to remember to remember who I really am and that even though at the moment I've, yeah, I'm, I'm off a little bit. I can just bring myself back, and that's the beauty of the tools after the process. Yeah, that they're there, and also that we are are here. So the right. the process is uh, as it's currently constructed, uh, seven and a half days, and it's a it's a big investment. But afterwards, people have this new connection to themselves. Generally speaking, they have a new connection to um, classmates, you know, different people in the course who have also taken the work that become, in some instances, lifelong friends. And that 
if they want, there's no requirement, but if, if people want to turn back to us for coaching or some of our other courses that we don't write off into the sunset at the end of that day either and that um, whether we're teachers or people in our office or in the fundraising department we're all here to continue to stand by in a loving supportive way all the people who are part of the community including other graduates who form communities of themselves in different areas just so People who have taken this work can all gather together and share and enjoy um, company. You know, you just reminded me of something, Ed, that uh, where we teach and uh, at our retreat center, White Sulphur Springs in St. Helena, there's some wonderful restaurants up there, and <laughs> we were we were in a restaurant uh, a number of a uh, number of months ago, and one of the uh, waiters in the restaurant said, "Oh, you're from Hoffman, aren't you?" And we said, "Yeah, you know, we're teachers, Hoffman process." And they said, yeah, we always know Hoffman groups when they come in here because, and they were talking about students actually, um, maybe getting together, you know, after the process or a year down the road, meeting back up in St. Helena. And the waiter said, they just don't look like they go together, but they all love each other. <laughs> <laughs> and I love this because, you know, we see sitting in the process, we, students don't talk about what work they do in the process. We ask them to leave that behind. So in the process, you're Susan and Karen and Bob and Justin. You're not an attorney or a stay-at-home mom or a firefighter or a nun. You know, you don't bring that identity with you. And it's, it's quite spectacular what happens for people, the connections that happen when we're not relating through what we do, through those identities, just through this is who I am as a, as a person. This is what I feel. I think that was that was a great way to end uh, end the hour here, Davy. You know, we, it's like a, a description of all humanity. I think you know, if we can really be that optimistic, the description. Well, we don't always look like we belong together, but somehow we all do fit. <laughs> and I think that's the way you like know. Like three of us sometimes. <laughs> like the three of us. Yeah, there like, we go. <laughs> and, and not just Hoffman people, but, um, you know, all of us in general. And, you know, once we um, find the love in ourselves, then it's uh, easier to walk in a world where that's all around us. Davey Cavett-Razzo, Andy Milberg, thank you so much for being a part of this Hoffman Connection show. I think it was really useful for people to learn more about us and about the work. Before we go, I also want to thank... Um, Tamara and Liza and Raz, who have been a, a part of bringing the show um, on Voice America Radio um, for our entire run here. Raz, again, has been um, in Brazil at an international conference of Hoffman teachers. And also like to remind people that if you'd like to learn more about the Hoffman Institute, besides calling the office and speaking to Liza or Andy, um, we have a confidential uh, information call every Tuesday afternoon at 5 o'clock Pacific time. Um, we're going to be on it in just a couple of hours, if you're, or just a couple of minutes, if any of you are listening live. But it's there every Tuesday afternoon. And you can learn more about the process, certainly the information to call in on that information introduction call by going to our website, hoffmaninstitute.org. And there you'll find our biographies and all kinds of information testimonials, videos, um, the dates of the process, so you can see if it fits into your schedule. On behalf of Raz and Tamara, Eliza, all the people at Hoffman, including Andy and Davey here with us, I want to thank you all for listening. It's been a great experience for all of us to be here on Voice America Radio with the Hoffman Connection. Thank you so much.
Thank you again for being a part of the Hoffman Connection. Please join your hosts, Raz and Grossi and Ed McLoon, again next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, make it an outstanding week. We'll be right back.